0: All right, so for the last couple of weeks, I've been just talking to you guys about uh, just who God's nature is and who He's been. And uh, today, I, I want to bring a message to you guys that talks a little bit more and gets more in depth of who His character is, who God is, and what His mission is for us. And today, I want to talk to you guys about mercy and forgiveness. Uh, before we get started, let's pray. God, I just thank you right now for this message. Lord, I pray. That your will be done. Your words that are coming out of my mouth, Father God, will go straight to the hearts of your sheep, of your people, Father God. We are just, we come before you right now vulnerable, ready to receive. In your name we pray. Everyone says? Amen. Awesome. All right, so we're going to be talking about mercy and forgiveness. And so when I was kind of just looking in the word about mercy and forgiveness, I've realized over the past years, I've really just been experiencing God's mercy. I've been experiencing His forgiveness, but when you experience something, sometimes it's just hard to explain it. I don't know if you've ever been in a position like that where you, you know you're experiencing some type of you know win in your life, and people are like, "Well, you know, how does that feel? What does it look like?" And it's really hard to explain at times, to the point where we just we're trying to describe this thing to them, and we just don't know how. And so I was kind of in this boat when I was getting ready for this message. So I started looking in the original. Language. So when I looked up the word mercy, in the Greek language, mercy is pronounced elios, elios. Literally translated into our English meaning kind, sympathetic, compassionate. Kind, sympathetic, compassionate. And when I kept searching in this thing, it said it had two dominant definitions. And you rarely see that in a dictionary. I mean, you have your adjectives, your nouns, your verbs, and it'll describe it, whatever word you look at. But this one had two dominant, like, it was just like, there's two descriptions of this. The first one, again, was kind, sympathetic, compassionate. The second one blew me away because it was so simple and so true. And it literally is God's love. God's love. You see... God's mercy covers all of our brokenness, and the reason why it covers all of our brokenness is because that's who his character is. That's who he is. For instance, moms and dads that are here, if a, if a, if a child said, mom, dad, I'm hungry, by nature, what are you going to do? Go ahead and feed back. That's right. You're going to feed them because that's your nature as a dad. That's your nature as a mom. Or when my, a child is hurt or scraped their knee or something happened. By nature, what does mom and dad do? They don't say. Now they do. They run to their ch- ch- child and they check what the issue was. And if there's two siblings involved, we reconcile it. We try to figure this whole thing. That's, that's who our nature is. And that's who God is. God's mercy, the mercy is God's nature. It's, God didn't give us mercy. What I'm saying is God is mercy. That's who he is. That's his nature. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 9, it says that the Lord, our God, is merciful and forgiving. Even though we have rebelled against him. Even though we have rebelled against him, he is still merciful and forgiving. And if I were to break that down a little bit more, what we just read was this. When we're not faithful, he is faithful. Because he can't be not faithful. That's not who he is. And because God is that, we should be that as well. And we can be that as well. You see, mercy and forgiveness go hand in hand. It's like they're strolling down the park, one without the other. You can't can't have mercy or forgiveness. You can't have it by itself. They go hand in hand. And people with this characteristic of mercy and forgiveness, or in other words, they have Jesus in their heart and they want to live this whole thing out. These people, you guys... These people will do everything and find ways to take care and to rescue the poor, the needy, the conflicted, the lost. And not just take care in a a physical uh, manner where, you know, maybe someone's hurt and we're there to help them out. But we're also talking about in a spiritual manner as well. Uh, way back when, uh, I'd say about four years ago, and a lot of my youth are gonna, old youth are gonna testify to this one. We did this cool illustration with goldfish. Okay, now don't hate me for this. This was given to me by God. So I purchased ten goldfish at a youth service, and I'm not gonna do it. I promise. There's no goldfish anywhere. Okay, and I, what I did was I pulled those fish out of the water. Okay, and I, had, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <right. laughs> Just wait. Just give me a second. All right? So I pulled these goldfish out of the water, and I was explaining to these guys, without water, these fish are out of their nature. True? Okay. So I put them right back in there. Well, then I grabbed them all 10 again through a net, and I <laughs> – they claim I threw it at them, but I didn't. I dumped it, okay? Just tossed it. And I said, well, what are you going to do about it? Man, I mean, they scrambled around picking up those fish, didn't care what it felt like, and put them right back in their, into their, their environment. And the valuable lesson behind that was we have the answer to take, to take care of those fish, to put them back where they're breathing because they were gasping for air. Guys, people are like those fish. out of their, And when they don't have Jesus, they're out of the water. They're not breathing. They're, they're just doing this thing. <laughs> they, they are they really are and we as children of God have the answer yeah. and the question that God is saying is what are you going to do about it are you going to sit there and just allow allow them just to keep gasping for air knowing they just need a savior Or are we actually going to reach out and do something? That is God's nature. He did that to us. We should be doing the same thing to others. God needs us in this whole mission, guys. God truly needs us. It's because God's mercy was shown to us that we're able. Everyone say we're able. We're able to go do the same. Even when we don't feel like it, it has nothing to do with feelings. But by faith, we're able to go and do what we need to do because that is God's nature. And if God lives in us, that is officially now our nature. God's forgiveness comes from his compassion for people. I mean, you look at the the New Testament when Jesus is walking this world. Everywhere he's going, he he even says that at one point, you know, he had compassion towards these people. And out of that compassion, forgiveness blossomed out of that. You see, that's what forgiveness does. Or comes from, it's from God, Jesus' compassion. And mercy, what mercy does is it empowered our salvation. Because of God's mercy, salvation has been available to us. And we were just singing about that rugged cross, my salvation. We were just talking about that, and that's because the reason why Jesus was at the cross, he had mercy. He had compassion. The question is now, okay, so God is asking for forgiveness or asking us to just to come repenting with a repentant heart, and we come to, forgive, to, to God to be forgiven. And so what God is wanting us to do is, is express that and produce fruit out of that as well because God's whole goal, his whole goal is this, that we produce fruit in our lives that glorify his name. But here's the question. What does forgiveness look like? Because a lot of us got that. We, we, we understand, okay, you know what? I need to forgive others. I, I, I need to stand in forgiveness. I need to repent before God, you know, to, to gain that eternal life. But the question is how does that look like on an everyday uh, uh, journey that's not on a Sunday, but a Monday through Saturday as well? Well, there's four points. And point number one is forgiveness is not a suggestion. Forgiveness is a command. It's a command that God expects us to fulfill. In Ephesians chapter four, verse 30 through 32, it says this. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the days of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God forgave you. Guys, it is possible, and Scripture just told us right now, it is possible for us to grieve the Holy Spirit. And the, the way we do that, or one, one of the ways we do that is by doing the opposite of forgiveness. The opposite of forgiveness was bitterness, in other words, being harsh towards one another or, or, or causing pain or maybe our words are really piercing people so we can hurt them in a way. As bitterness. An op- another opposite way is his wrath, as wrath. Deeply resentful or fierce in anger because we're just mad and it's an uncontrollable anger. He also says clamor is another way to be unforgiving. I mean, th- th- what it means is just being having a loud uproar, making a big deal about it. Another one is is slander, which is false statements, and also malice, which really struck me. Malice, literally, the definition is to desire to inflict injury, harm, or suffering. It didn't say say to, uh, to conflict injury. It said the desire, the thought, the wanting to do it is just enough, and God doesn't tolerate even that. That is something he doesn't want us to be in. He wants us to be in a forgiving state, and He's offered us that. Now, the number two uh, key for this one is: all, is the unforgiveness produces consequences, not so good consequences. I mean, when we're in the state of unforgiveness in our heart, when we're in a state of where we just want to, we're choosing to be bitter towards someone, or or just want to be angry about it, or or I wish this happened to them. When we're in that state, we literally, 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 literally give. A, 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 a right to the devil to camp out in our lives. Not to run it, not to, not to just, you know, I'm here and then I'm out, to camp out. Who's been camping before? I've been, I have been camping the last two years now. A couple of friends of ours have been really showing us how to camp with my young children. It's, it's fun, by the way. It's a lot of work, but it's fun. And here's the thing. When I was camping out, I mean, you take time you take time to set the tent up. Now, I don't have a pop-up or anything like that, so I'm doing it old school. We pop, we, we have the tent, we take time, and we figure ways out, and then we, you know, put in our, our uh, the fire. I mean, we have the works, the whole deal. You guys, you guys know what camping's kind of about. And so it takes time. And then when you're there, you settle in. And then when you're settled, you start looking for activities to do. You're like, oh, okay, I'm going to go over here for a little bit and hang out here. Oh, I'm going to do this over here. And then one day turns to two days, two days to three days. And when your time is up and you have to leave the site, you just don't want to leave. Like all these, all these chain reactions happen. These, this domino effect happens. You see, the enemy does that. We, when we're in the stage of unforgiveness, we allow him to camp out there. We allow him to camp and do what he needs to do, and he gets comfortable with it. He takes time. Then he starts, okay, I'm here right now. okay. Next day, well, let's see. Why why is that? I'm going to tamper with that over there for a little bit. Oh, I'm going to come over here now. They're in a relationship. Okay, I'm going to kind of ruin that one for a second. He camps out because we allow him to. Hebrews 12, 14 through 15 says this. Be at peace with all men. Live a holy life. No one will see the Lord without having that kind of life. See that no one misses God's loving favor. It's offered to us, guys. Do not let wrong thoughts, everyone say thoughts, about others get started among you guys. If you do, many people will turn to a life of sin. I mean, God's giving us what the result is if we do that. Other translation says to cause trouble or defile many. When we allow the devil to camp in our lives through unforgiveness, through bitterness, and through our wrath and all that stuff, we are hurting our loved ones. We are hurting people around us. We can't do the works of God because of the unforgiveness that's set in us. See, what defiles pe- people is what's inside of us, not on the outside. So many times we come and we try to you know, make ourselves look good and, 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 and you know, do what we have to do, and a lot of, it ta- a lot of that time is because of our, our, just our selfishness. We're human. But God has clothed us with something else. And the inside, he says, now I am living in you. And when you surrender that, when you take up your cross, when you say, no more of me, but all of you, God, I'm able to clothe you with power. So you're able to do what you need to do and not be in a stage of unforgiving, uh, being unforgiving. But now you're in a stage of forgiving others, when, even when you don't want to. Unforgiveness affects every part of our lives, spirit, soul, body. Spirit, the devil is just trying to separate us from God. Soul thoughts about others. Body, when we're angry, I've been angry many times. I've lost my appetite. Being I just can't eat right now because I'm just mad. It, it affects our bodies too as well. Now when we allow the devil to camp out there and do and just marinate in that, it affects us health-wise is what I'm trying to say. It might not be through just appetite as well, but maybe we're just changing the diet because we're so angry about something and we're allowing the devil just to consume us. We lose appetite. Now, hear me, church, right now, and I mean this with all my heart. I am not minimizing hurt people right now. I am not. This is not what I'm talking about. I get it, you were hurt. So Someone did it and it hurt you. I'm not minimizing that. But what I am saying is this, something has to be done. Something has to be done, and the Bible shows us that, and how to deal with it, and how to walk it out, and who to go to, ultimately Jesus. Something has to be done, because what happens is if we don't deal with that pain or that hurt that maybe someone's afflicted in you, and maybe in your past or in your childhood, what we tend to do is we project that pain to others, and we don't even realize it. That that pain in us in our heart that's causing our hearts to bleed and, and hurt is hurting others when they don't even real, when you don't even realize and you're you're hurting them. God doesn't want us to be in that stage. He wants us to continue on with this journey. And then when we get with God and we pray but we're holding a grudge against someone, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 3 and also in Mark 11:25, it tells us that it hinders our prayers. It blocks it blocks our prayers and, and, and also distracts us. I need, I need to call help. Michael, can you come up here for a second? I'm going to demonstrate something to you real quick. Can you grab me those blocks back there, please? Well, I, I, I'm going to show you guys what happens when we get to a stage of, of bitterness and, and unforgiving while we're trying to live for Jesus, while we're trying to do what we're trying to do here. Thank you, Michael. Can you grab the other ones as well? Yeah. Give it up for Michael, guys. Yeah. Michael's my hype man. I'm just saying, he's been with me for the last six years, so he's, a, he's just my hype man. All right, so when we're walking this, we're, we have a good Sunday. We do all we need to do, but yet we're still holding this grudge and this bitterness towards, towards people. What happens is this. We, we build this wall brick by brick by brick, and what happens is that as we're building, we're now concentrating our efforts on this wall. Okay, we're concentrating on everything that we need to do. Can you help me build this? Thank you. <laughs> I'm on a time limit, so. <laughs> this is fun. I took this from the nursery. Edith is on vacation. So <laughs> don't tell her. <laughs> Here's the thing. So what we tend to do, say Michael's my uh my thoughts right now, and I'm just thinking negative about something or somebody. What tends to happen is this. We build this brick, this wall brick by brick with our own hands in our lives. And while we're concentrating our efforts on this bricked wall, we are not concentrating our efforts on the word with our relationship with God. We're just so mad. And then we hang on to this thing, and we're like, Oh, but you don't understand, God. And while God's speaking to you, we're building this wall between us and God because we are building it. Now, the enemy's influencing us and lying to us. But we build this wall before, between us and God. And while God's speaking, his voice gets further away. Now, he's not further away. We choose to not listen is what's in reality it's what's happening We choose to not listen. While we build these brick walls, while we keep uh, camping out with this unforgiveness, this wall gets harder and stronger. And then what happens, I ran out of bricks, obviously, but what happens is we start surrounding ourselves and concentrating ourselves. And before you know it, we're stuck and we're, we're, we're caved in. Because of unforgiveness, because of bitterness, because of our own, uh, our own choosing of not to follow what God wants us to do. See, that de- the decision is this, guys. We need to choose to follow Jesus and, and accept and simply believe in it. The third point for forgiving is forgiving is a decision and not a feeling. That decision requires faith. It requires faith. You see, in the definition of faith in Hebrews, it's talking about substances you don't see, but yet you believe. In other words, let's test this out real quick. Okay, so who believes in Jesus makes some noise? All right, who believes that he died on the cross for all our sins? And three days later, he rose again. Right? And now we are living in victory, right? Okay, who actually saw the cross and the whole thing happen unfold before your own eyes? Not, Not movies. I'm talking about the real deal. Something you didn't see, right? Something you didn't see, yet you believe because your faith is now activated. The moment you come to Jesus Christ, true faith is born in you. Because you're confessing something you didn't see with your physical eyes, but you believe with all your heart. That's when true faith is is activated. That's when true faith is being moved in your lives, the moment you come to Christ. And when that faith is there, now you can build on this faith where you you develop in your walk with Christ and you start moving and doing what you need to do. Again, forgiveness is not a decision or forgiveness is a decision, not a feeling. But also, forgiveness is not not a a feeling, but it is an act of obedience. Everyone say Obedience. When we obey our moms and dads, sometimes it don't feel good, but we know it's good for us. And in the long run, like I appreciate my mom, my mom's over here. I appreciate my mom so much because there are times where she uh, uh, disciplined me in many ways. And I think she she was trying to find ways. That's what she was really trying to do. (laughs) But she was disciplining me and constantly disciplining me. And my mom admitted I'm not perfect, but my mom gave all her heart. And today, I'm looking back and I'm looking at my kids and, you know, and I'm disciplining them. And I have like these flashbacks like, oh, man, I sound like my mom. Like, <laughs> it's because i learned through those disciplinary uh, actions that my mom took. And it didn't feel good, but it taught me so much. When we act in obedience with the court, uh, according to the word of God, there are times where it just doesn't feel good, but it's so good for us. It doesn't make sense, but it's so good for us. And when we do that, and the reason why God wants us to stay in obedience with his word and, 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 and this whole forgiving thing is because God simply wants to give his best to us. That is why when we follow his way, the best is there. I mean, we'll, we'll run into good things on our own, but if you want the best, follow his way. Follow what he says. We not only have the best, but we also have a kingdom mindset when we do so. And we turn heads People are like, you should be angry. Well, I choose not to because it's not a feeling. It's a decision that I take. In Matthew 5-7, it says this, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown. That's right. They will be shown mercy. The message version in 5-7 says this, you're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, in other words, full of care, you find yourselves cared for. You see when you follow God's version of mercy, when you follow our arresting, in other words, and his forgiveness and his mercy, you're able to do the same thing towards others. When you don't even feel like doing it or when you think it's impossible, but it's there. Guys, pain is going to happen in our lives. People are going to say some messed up junk. It's going to happen. Suffering, or pain is going to be there, but suffering is an option. Suffering is a choice that we choose to follow. We don't have to suffer through the pain if we come straight to Jesus. For instance, I'm going to call my son up here, Joshua. Come here, Bubba. All right. I knew, you, I knew you didn't go to class for a reason. So, Okay, so Joshua here, let's just say he offended me, okay? And he did something, he said something that really hurt my feelings. You're going to see why I chose Joshua in a second, Okay. So I'm all mad and I'm walking and I'm just like I'm not even near him anymore. I don't even see him for, for a while, but I'm still carrying this thing. So I get I get Joshua. Oh, so and now even though I don't conversate with Joshua, I'm carrying this thing that Joshua has said to me a year ago. You okay, Baba? Okay. Now you know why I chose my son. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. We carry this all day because we're dwelling on what they said. I'm offended, and man, that was messed up on what they did, and they hurt my feelings, and they did this. It hurts. But we're choos- I'm choosing right now to carry him and to rule my life. And when my wife says something to me, I'm not really in tune with her as I should be because I'm carrying this thing. And this is just one person. Think about it. This is just one person. Ugh. Good job, bubba. High five. I- that's just one person. Can you imagine just holding a bitterness and grudge towards a lot of people in your life? What you're carrying, you're not designed for that. People, you're not, God didn't design you guys to carry these these other things. God, there is a reason why there was a cross, a crucifixion. There was a reason why there was an opportunity for us to nail things to the cross. There is a reason, and it was stuff like this. And when we, when we, again, when we camp out in this unforgiveness, we, we carry this thing on us. Again, not a feeling, but faith, a decision and in our faith. The fourth point is this. God's forgiveness enables us to forgive others. It enables us. It is God's forgiveness. It is God's strength. It is God's mercy. It is God's grace that enables us to do the impossible that we think in our life. But yet we're able to do it because we're resting in him, in Jesus. See, God won't ask us to do something that we're not capable of doing. That's not who God is. Because if you think about that for a second, if God asked you to do something, if God asked you to do something knowing you couldn't do it, then he's not God but that's not him. That's not his nature. So when we face these situations, when we go through a, maybe some pain or some, a little bit of suffering or whatever, whatever it is, that's because God believes that you know the outcome at the end, and it's through his son, Jesus Christ. That's the only reason why you're going through. And at the midst of all that, you're being taught something. You're being taught. We go through these things. I mean, the Olympics just happened a year, a year ago. Was it a year ago? And then yesterday I was watching on TV these, like, these skiers and all. They're getting ready for the Winter Olympics coming up. Man, these people are going through some intense training. They're doing all they got to do to to win that medal. But, I mean, one of the biggest Olympians right now is who? Michael Phelps. Correct? I mean, how many medals he has? 20, 20, like 20-something. That's a a lot of gold. That's all I got to say. It's a lot of gold. But here's the thing. Do you think he woke up and then went to his, you know, got his medals? No, it took him some battles. He faced some giants in his lives, you know, going, you know, swimming, you know, eight, nine hours a day for so many years or whatever. And it paid off. He, he went through some battles is what I'm trying to say. Guys, we face battles in our lives. We do. And the gold's already ours. But we need to understand this. When, for us to become in a victorious state, we need to Understand that there are going to be giants we'll be facing in our lives. But this whole thing is rigged for you guys. Because the victory is already yours. It is yours already. But it requires us to say, hey, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to confront this thing. I'm going to do what I need to do. In uh, Luke chapter 23, verse 32, verse 34, uh, it says this. Two others, let me, me, before I read that, let me narrate this thing for you or, or draw this picture out for you. We're at the crucifixion right now. There are two men next to Jesus. There is a perfect example that Jesus is going to leave these two men and all mankind about how to forgive others. Okay? Now, these guys are criminals. Remember that. Okay? Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him, Jesus. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified. One on his right... One on his left. Jesus said, and I love this part, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. I'm gonna pause for a second. Picture that. He's already beaten and whooped, mocked, ridiculed at the works. He's been nailed and he's hanging with two criminals that by justice deserve to be there and Jesus didn't. And he can see the people He's at a high altitude. He can see the people just doing their thing to him. And he says, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. For they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled with his clothes by throwing dice. While Jesus was suffering and in pain, while he was being inflicted with all of this happening, I'm pretty sure he didn't feel good. (laughs) But at that moment, he made a decision. He said, your will, not my will, God. So when he decided to follow God's will, he knew what he had to do. And he said, God, I'm in pain. And they're laughing at me. But forgive them. Forgive them. See, when we rest in that, when we rest in what Bible tells us to do, we're able to forgive while we're in the midst of pain. Maybe we've been suffering for a while, but we're able to forgive. We're able to do what we need to do. Here's the thing. Forgiveness is, there's some things that forgiveness is not. Let me uh, run that list real quick. Forgiveness is not denial. I'm not saying to deny what happened. I'm not saying to pretend it didn't happen because it happened. All right, what happened? Happened. It, it, that's not what forgiveness is. Not denial. Forgiveness is not suppressing. Okay, it's not something that uh, we should bear, uh, uh, carry, in other words, or, or bear the offense. Forgiveness is also not amnesia, whether it's the removal of, of the memory. I mean, that's not going to happen. It's it, it's in our thought. It's there. Forgiveness is not consent or approval, saying, "Oh, well, it's all good. It's okay. We're cool." That's not forgiveness. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is this, that forgiveness is a decision of faith initiating. Everyone say initiating. Initiating a healing process. You're allowing God to take the first step in your life to start healing what's hurting. That's what forgiving does the first step of forgiving that the past losing its power of total 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 control of your present and your future that unforgiveness in other words will not have power in your life anymore and what you're doing is this no more i'm done i'm done Because I get to simply rest in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I get to simply look at the cross and what he did and say, God, I am hurting. I'm going to be real. This this stinks so bad. But I choose, I choose to forgive him. Help me with this healing process because the pain is still there. But help me with this healing process. I need you, Lord. That is the first step of forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Here's the thing, guys. God's whole mission and focus on this part of our lives is to heal our hearts. Make it whole is what he wants to do. It's not saying, well, I'll get over it. That's not healing. That's not forgiveness. You're just pushing it under the rug. It'll come out later. Spring's around the corner. We're gonna clean it. That's not what we're talking about. But what I am saying is that God wants to meet us right where we're at so he can heal our hearts, every single one of us, because there is more than enough. And it is God's grace that we're able to do so. We're able to do so. Jesus simply says this, blessed are the merciful for they will find mercy. They will be shown mercy. They will experience mercy. They They will have all mercy. And not only that, it's going to spill towards others so they can uh, have compassion towards people. That's God's mission. But it's up to us to make that choice. Let's uh, close our eyes, bow our head. God, thank you for this word. Some of us here are in pain right now and are hurting, or hurting, sorry, hurting. And maybe we've been holding on to this person or we've been carrying it for so long. Well, there's two, two invites I'm gonna give you right now. The first one is this. You've never heard the name or never actually experienced the true character of Jesus. And maybe this is the first time you're hearing it. Or maybe you've known for a while, but just it's just you never heard it this way. Well, God's word says that if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and Savior, you'll be saved. And you will be saved from forever being separated from God. No one wants that. He says you will be saved from that. The second invite is you know the church life. You have Christ in you, but you've fallen away. And right now you're letting the devil camp out in your life with bitterness, rage, unforgiveness in your heart. But it's time to let it go. And God's saying it's your time to let it go by choosing. Those two invites, first time I'm hearing about Jesus, or I'm I'm coming back to Jesus. On the count of three, I want you to lift your hand if you want him. One, I need him. Two, I'm coming back to him. Three, lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? See, some of us are wrestling right now and God's saying, you got to let it go because it is a total, total decision. God bless you, you can put your hand down. He says, I want you to come here. There's this wall that needs to be diminished and gone. Give it a few more seconds. Yeah, I want Jesus. Awesome. Now for those that lifted their hand, can you guys look up and look at me for a second? God bless you guys for making this decision. But I'm going to ask you to do something very bold. I'm going to ask you guys if you guys can come up here so I can pray for you guys. Just come up here so I, if you guys will face me. And church family, can you support these guys by just giving them a clap? If you don't mind, if you guys can come up here for a second. It's a hard thing, but let me tell you something. It's so good. Eleven years ago, I did the exact same thing. Guys, give it up for this guy. Come over here. You can come over here. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> face me man how you doing good good don't worry about it here's the thing I wanted to talk to you one-on-one if you don't mind okay God said he loves you okay and he says if you just pray and believe he will lead you to salvation and you got a whole bunch of people that are applauding you right now and they want you to have this so can you put one hand over your heart one hand to the sky, and just mean this with all your heart church can you repeat after us as well Thank you. Say, Heavenly Father, thank thank you for Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my friend forever. Forgive me for all the wrong I've done. Take total control of my life. In Jesus' name.